I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Scott Duff here at Gobbler Manor. And Ellen Miller, you're there in the studio. I sure am, Scott. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. And we'd like to big a big old happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, love to y'all. Yes, I am at home, uh, which I lovingly refer to as Knob Gobbler Manor because I we are now the plague house. Yes, COVID has descended upon us, which is a major bummer. Yeah, especially this um, time of year, it makes it difficult. Yeah, it's extra yeah, difficult. It's, it's it's been it's been a journey. But nothing can keep me down. It, the weather is gorgeous out there. We're going to have a great show. Mm-hmm. We're going to be thankful for things and stuff and junk. Yes, we are. You know, how are you doing, Ellen Miller? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, enjoyed the weather this week. Got out and did a lot of walking. Uh, went out and saw the... Uh, I'll talk, we can get into that after you, you know, talk, talk about the show. But yeah, I'm doing great. I no complaints. I'm healthy, both between you and my roommate on the cruise who didn't have COVID but had a horrible upper respiratory infection. I feel like I dodged a lot of bullets. So, ah, well, there we go. Well, there we go. Well. <laughs> We'll not be dodging any bullets. We're just going to be grateful and thankful. Uh, We've got a fabulous show for you today. Uh, This week was Transgender Awareness Week and celebrating the lives and contributions of all of our trans siblings. And Planned Parenthood of Illinois is shaping up a more inclusive future through education, action, and advocacy. Mallory Clock, who is the Gender Affirming Hormone Therapy Program Director for Planned Parenthood of Illinois, is going to be joining us later on this hour. Uh, And... Over the, you know, I'm all about, we got to do good. We got to get out into the community and start doing some good. And over the past 10 years, the Wool Gathering Project has hosted sock drives, collecting and distributing over 100,000 pairs of socks to folks in need. Our buddy, actor, and fabulous human, Beth Lakey, uh, is going to be joining us. And y'all, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. I cannot no, tell you, can, you. You can do it. I have faith. Oh! I know, I know, but I'm so excited. So, singer, songwriter, actor, and a fixture of my childhood, Paul Williams is going to be on the show. The one and only Paul Williams! He's in town for the opening of Emmett Otter's Junk Band Christmas at Chicago's historic Studebaker Theater uh, that's going to be running through December 31st. Uh, and he's going to be on the show today. And I, oh, girl, hmm. girl, I'm coming undone. I am coming undone. Uh, And, of course, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call at 773-763-9278. That number, again, is 773-763-9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, where we are coming at you live. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio. And while you're there, give us a click and a like and a share and all that good stuff. But if that doesn't float your boat, you can always... Tune in on WCPT 820, uh, and while you're at it, follow WCPT and our sister organization, Heartland Signal, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the TikToks. All righty. So, Ellen, what's been going on with you? You know, just psyching up for uh, this this coming uh, 
week's Thanksgiving holiday, doing a little baking. I got to get that together in the next couple of days. But beautiful weather, enjoyed some nice walks, had some interesting uh, events while walking. I, I take Maggie on a three-mile walk when I can and uh, ran into the mass, the uh, the baseball, I guess the... the uh, MLB mascot convention was in front of the Zachary Hotel. So every baseball team. I saw team, that. Yeah, Kathy and Maggie and I just happened to be walking, and there they all were, and they were in character, and they were standing out in front, and it was pretty hysterical. And uh, you just that, never know what you're going to see walking around Lakeview, that's for sure. Right. Uh, yesterday, a woman was twerking on the uh, brick wall that uh, is in front of the Chris Kindle market, and uh, people were putting dollar bills in her pants. So that was another scene that I didn't expect to see in the late afternoon. But uh, on on an even more positive note, I did see POTUS. As you know, we had um, my friend Megan Garakis and Chloe Baldwin on with us last week. And POTUS, it's funny. man, I, and they extended again to the 17th, as we know, of December. It's, it's so funny. I mean, the, there's some lines that I, I was like the only one laughing a couple of times, and they were so funny that we met both actors afterwards. They came and, and uh, made good on their promise to say hi after the show. And they said it was kind of an odd crowd because I thought it was a good crowd. But compared, I think, to the night you were there, uh, it wasn't as raucous. It was a Thursday and... But it was just highly recommended. Uh, all women in the cast, all strong, strong women uh, actors in our community that are being highlighted in a, in a fun, farcical, although you can find a few threads of reality in there, um, uh, comedy going on at Steppenwolf Theater. So, again, I highly recommend that. And uh, you have a chance to see it because they are, again, there until December 17th. And then last night, Kathy and I didn't have any plans, and we went to a, uh, a, I guess it's a bar and a club in Edison Park to see the Priscillas. Are you familiar with with that band, Scott? I'm not. They're a uh, three of the three of the four members of the band are in the LGBTQ community, and. Uh, they are a fun cover band. These women rock. And when I showed up, they were like, oh, do you have your harmonicas? I go, well, you know me, I, I do. And <laughs> so I did a couple of <laughs> tunes with them. And we had a great time. The crowd was fun. A lot of mixed, you know, they have every, one of them is a former Chicago police officer. So she had a lot. There were a lot of police in the in the, <laughs> in the house. But uh, our friend Andrea Darlis, as you, uh, you know, yeah. she's on the air here once in a while. Um, she was there and a bunch of girls were there. And it was just it was a fun night in the city. Um, yeah, well, fun night. And usually you don't, you're, I don't necessarily hear you hanging out in Edison Park. It's a, you know, we, we get there maybe once or twice a year, but it, there are yeah. a lot of good restaurants there. And, There's uh, so many great restaurants. Yeah. It's a fun neighborhood. It is. And we, we actually ate at this place. It's called the uh, Firewater Saloon, I believe is the name. It's right off uh, Northwest Highway in the main drag at uh, Edison Park. And man, down home cooking. I don't usually do it, Scott, but we had fried chicken dinner that we split yes. buttermilk uh, fried chicken in with honey drizzled over it and let me tell you mm, come on with some good eating that so is, that's our that's our pivot thanksgiving so what do you now. so scott as you as you our listeners can hear is at home with uh, recovering from covid and unfortunately his partner jerry has it now too so your thanksgiving plans have been dashed to say the least uh, yeah it 
It was a crushing blow. Yeah, I, um, I know how important it is I, to you. It was, I know it's a it's my it's my holiday. It's my mm. time. It's my time to shine. My yeah. love language is food. You know, I love to have folks over and I love to feed them and I love to kind of show off because you know I'm a pretty darn good. Yes, guy. you are. Um, so yeah, this, this week has been rather challenging. Uh, I was feeling a little wonky uh, last week. And I thought it was just from, you know, having a really big weekend of the show and just from work because it's been very, very busy mm-hmm. uh, at work. And then I got up on Monday morning and I took the dog out and I'm like, oh, no, 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 this is something. No, oh, this is different. So I, I took a test and I'm like, yep, there it is. Uh, so, yeah, tested positive on, on the, uh, earlier this week. And it's 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 been a journey. Our house Looks like a bomb has gone off in it right now. Because neither one of you feel like doing any cleaning. Is that it? Yeah. 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 Like we are like, fortunately, like knock on wood, both of us have escaped like fever and that really, really, really bad cough Mm -hmm. that's going on there. And again, knock on wood, happy I got my updated vaccine. Make sure that you all do that because we're entering into some, you know, the cold and flu season mm-hmm. and COVID season. So make sure you get your vaccines and make sure you get your flu shots. Um, but yeah, it's just been um, the the exhaustion, like the fatigue mm-hmm. and brain fog are for real. No joke. Like they are for real. Is this your real. second or third bout of COVID? This is my second. second. I think the, the first time I got it was like at the very, I think in 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was in January of 21, and it was a relatively mild. This one really did feel. Have you ever had mono? Yes, I did have mono, and yeah. when I yeah in the I mean, 80s, yeah, way way back when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had mono my freshman year of college, and it kind of feels like that without the fever. Mm-hmm. Like you're just kind of like tired. Your body is achy and just a little bit vague, uh, but. Yeah, so it, it could been, be worse. Like, like you said, you, you you both have your vaccines, oh. so that helps, right? A lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Like it could have been. Like it really was just like oh, just kind of vague. And poor Jerry died before he tested uh, positive a couple of days ago. He was had to be tortured by some fog brain COVID cooking because I'm like, oh no, all right, what I'm happened? Gonna, I'm going to get up. and I'm, Oh, it was just fine. But it was just like I decided I'm like, I need a project because I'm bored. Mm. First of all, Lordy, I, I can't remember, but it was it, it's been a very long time since, you know, I've been quarantined. Yeah. Kind of. Right. Vibe. So I'm like my brain is going out of control. So, of course, I found some like Instagram videos and recipes. I'm like, I'm going to make these. Roasted onions with like a French onion soup inside of them with a bechamel and an egg and all this stuff. And like the recipe said, like, it'll take a half hour and a half. And I'm like, that's a lie. Who caramelized <laughs> onions in 30 minutes? Right. So I've been trying to like do all that. It, it came out very interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, yeah, it was, it was edible though, right? Experience. Oh yeah, everything's been edible, but but also like here's one thing: we've neither one of us have any desire to eat anything. That's a problem. Like yeah. Our, yeah, appetite's gone. Hmm. But again, I am definitely on the upswing. Good, uh, which is great. Although when it, it really broke our hearts, we're like, oh, we can't have people over here. <sighs> yeah. 
you know. So yeah. we had to let our friends who were coming in, like, we had friends coming in from Memphis. My sister and brother-in-law were coming in from Iowa. We had people coming. Like, it was it was going to be a full house. And so this year we're just going to pivot, and we're going to have to do something a little different. Um, mm. Yeah. Which is, which is a major bummer. Did, did you determine, I know you were... I- during your nephew's wedding, I mean, and you were at some events surrounding that. Was it? Did other people get it from the family, or? Nope, they didn't. No. I think I'm pretty sure. I mean, did you get it at look work? At where I work? Yeah, yeah. Look at where I work. Mm-hmm. You were with the public. Naming anybody? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just really busy, and so who knows? Who oh, knows? No. Fortunately, I haven't heard anybody. None of my family from the wedding has gotten anything. Good. Like, it's. Yes, so that is something truly to be thankful for. Good, uh, and you're on the mend, and yeah. you didn't have the worst case, yeah. so those are things to be thankful yeah. for. Yeah, it's well. just it's just kind of lingering. So now it's like, ugh, I'm antsy and a little tired. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a weird combination. Yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, well, you look cute on the Facetime that I saw you on a few minutes ago. So you you look. Well, thank good. you. Well, we'll try to we'll try to re- reconnect on that. Yes, we shall. Uh, but yeah, Thanksgiving, the temperatures are going to drop, unfortunately, after today, and it'll be a more typical late November uh, come Thursday. And that's the other thing that's been really frustrating. Not only has Thanksgiving been like chucked away, this week has been so gorgeous. Yeah, it has. I'm like, oh, why couldn't I get this when it was like February, where it's gross and all you can do is just watch movies and things. Instead, I've just been like staring out the window going, oh, no. Yeah, it has been nice. <laughs> I, we actually rode the scooter, uh, my motor scooter, to Steppenwolf on Thursday night, which is rare oh, wow. in mid-November Fun. to be out on on the scooter. But it was it was a south wind. It was great. and we. So that's probably the last ride we're going to do, you know, because... Uh, for a couple months. Yeah, for a few months at least. Or you could get out today. Today, today would be our last day, and then I have to uh, winterize it, which means taking the battery out and putting stabilizer in the fl- fuel tank. Um, and once you take the battery out, it's like, okay, you're done till spring, you know, late spring. All right. I will, but, I will trust you on that. Yes. That's, those are the things you do when you have a scooter, but I'm happy to have it. It's great to run around town in, and it's the only way to park in the city. It's fantastic. There, there you go. Excuse me. Oh, that's what we call a productive cough. That's a Sorry productive cough. That, Doctors <laughs> ask you, is it a productive cough? And yeah, I guess it is a productive cough. The gross stuff's coming up. I guess that's a productive cough. Yep, there we are. Yay! And fortunately for all you listeners out there, you could be witness to it. So apologies. I'm sure they can relate. I mean, you know, it's on the upswing as we know COVID and. Um, we're hearing more and more people getting it. Hopefully, as you said, people are not ignoring this latest vaccine so that if they do get it, it will be more mild because it's bad enough to get it. But you don't want to you don't want an intense case. You want it to be as easy to get through as possible. So get vaccinated. Uh, yeah, folks. Make sure you get vaccinated. Like it's you know, it's it's easy to do. Yes, you get a sore arm, but it's going to pay off down the road trust me on this one so so yeah so i just want to thank everybody who's been like checking in and seeing if they can bring stuff it's been really really wonderful it takes a village yes it does uh, so instead we've just got you know our sad little plague house over oh. here 
<laughs> Both of us looking very, very pathetic. I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, it's fine. It's fine. But you know what? We should probably take a break. Let's do that. Right about now. Let's do that. Uh, and before we go, this part about Chicago is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Did you know that 47 million listeners have no or unscorable credit and would benefit from a Team Hochberg Fresh Start secured credit card with no annual fee? A Team Hochberg Fresh Start secured credit is perfect if your vindictive ex destroyed your credit, you recently filed for or discharged from bankruptcy, experienced a foreclosure or short sale, have collections, you were turned down for credit, or one of your kids is having trouble securing their first credit card. Now, Team Hochberg partnered with Kane County Teachers Credit Union to offer the Team Hochberg Fresh Start Secured Credit Card with no annual fee to help reestablish, enhance, and strengthen listeners with no damaged or challenged credit. For information about obtaining a Team Hochberg Fresh Start Secured Credit Card with no annual fee, go to 56david.com forward slash fresh start. That's 56david.com forward slash fresh start to establish, enhance, and strengthen your credit. Team Hochberg has helped thousands of WCPD listeners, but they can't help if you don't visit 56david.com forward slash fresh start. Lower.com, equalizing lender, NMLS 1124061. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, there is more out Chicago right here on WCPT. Everybody, this is Tanya Richard from Tanya's Take: Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race, and you are listening to Out Chicago WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago, Scott Duff, coming at you live from Knob Gobbler Manor, my home. Madeline Miller, you are there in the studio. I'm here Park. with Devin. You are there. You're there with Devin, braiding each other's hair, having a wonderful time. <laughs> As we do. Sleepover going on here. Mm-hmm. We're just COVID plague house over here, which is a major bummer. Oh, I totally forgot to tell you, I lost my sense of smell. No, that's horrible, it's, for especially for someone like you who is a cook. I know, girl, I have been, like, trying to make, we've been, I can have no more soup. There, so much oh, yeah. soup has been had mm. over here. And so I've been, like, trying to cook everything, and I'm, like, put my face over, like, the pot. There's yeah. nothing, like, onions, garlic, blah, blah, blah. I grabbed a, a bottle of red wine vinegar and held it right underneath my nose. Nothing. It was so strange. That's a sign that it's definitely know, lost right? your sense of smell if you can't smell red wine vinegar. I know, so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But now, like, it's coming back. I knew I had to take a shower. That's my sense of smell came back. It's <laughs> one way to figure it out, I guess. It's, it's always good to know when something stinks. And let me tell you, <laughs> there are some stinky things that are happening over in yeah, Washington, D.C. You know what I mean? I girl, do. Girl, girl, girl. Okay, I, this... Okay, okay, clearly what I'm talking about right now is the the, the, the big homo gay, uh, the, the really bad, hair, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week of George Santos, that big gay lying liar congressman from New York. So, okay, so he announced that he wasn't going to run for re-election. Like, okay. Oh, so Great. sad. It's so sad. <laughs> But it was after the House Ethics Committee released a damning report that revealed his alleged misuse of campaign funds for, shall we say, personal extravagance. I mean, like, 
Ferragamo, Hermes, Botox, OnlyFans. Now, this OnlyFans, I I wasn't as hip to it. Can you explain what that is for people that don't know? I will try. The best way for radio. OnlyFans is a, a an adult website where it's basically uh, like sexy Zoom. Let's call it sexy Zoom. Okay. Uh, and people can, they have these accounts where you can watch them do, perform. I mean, just ha- have a lovely sexy time by themselves with other people. But it's a it's a website that you pay to to view sexy times. Does that make sense? Yes. And is it Without is it a gay site or is it a everything site? It's an everything. It's an equal opportunity. It's like it actually it's it's a way that I know I actually know some folks who are on there, and it's the way that they got through COVID in terms of making money. Oh, you know. <laughs> You know, well, I guess desperate hey, measures, desperate times. I mean, you know, call for desperate what? measures, but I don't. Yeah, because the mean, name we're is. We're not. We're not here to put a stigma no. on on sex workers right. or anything like that, or people who like want to make money. You know, sometimes they're not hurting anybody. So you know, they're not hurting anybody. They're having a good time. Uh, only they're not using campaign funds. That's right. To go ahead and watch it on other stuff. Like this man. I don't under, I don't, I don't get how people can stand behind him. Is anybody, who's standing behind him besides like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bobard and all those goofballs? Well, okay. So here's, here's the thing that's, that's a little weird and tricky that I kind of want to talk about. And like people out there, I would love to hear your opinions on this too. So give a call 773-763-9278. If you have some thoughts about this, because it looks like the House is preparing for a third vote for his expulsion. This is number three, number three, which is what? Well, well, some of them said they were waiting until the ethics report came out and now it's out. Yes. So here we go. Oh, I know. No, oh, I know that there's but I mean, it's the third time that a vote has come up to get this man out of out of Congress because he is a liar. He's a fraud. He is defrauded. He, purpo- he, he, he uh, perfectly represents the Republican Party, though, when you think about it, That's a liar true. and a fraud. But I know. But and this and I think this is where this is going to be to me like a very big test because he is he's has all these other felony charges that are against him about wire fraud and, you know, identity theft and all this good stuff. Remember, his parents also were like survivors of the Holocaust. I think one of his parents died, died in 9-11, supposedly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, like I, I'm still waiting for the real George Santos to be like he was kept in like a closet that goes to Narnia or something. <laughs> He's going to come out and everything. But so they're going to have a third vote because uh, I believe, oh, poop, his name is escaping me. Brayhog. I think it's Garcia from California brought up the first go-round. It didn't have enough votes to make it to the floor. The second go-round was when the ethics committee started their thing, and a lot of people didn't vote to expel him because they're like, you know what, let's see what happens with the ethics uh, committee report. Let's see what's going on. He's innocent until <clears throat> proven guilty. Right. This will set a bad precedent. <clears throat> Democrats on the were saying that as well, um, which I think, like, hey, I totally get it. So this came out, and they were like, yo, 
It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. And they recommend that the Department of Justice go to look for it. And now they're going to be preparing for a third time to vote to expel him, expel him rather. And I think that's probably going to take like after Thanksgiving, some day. When they're back, yeah. Is the 30th is what I hear. Mm -hmm. But my question is, because clearly the man has zero ethics. The man is a lie. The man is a fraud. Mm -hmm. Will they vote him out? Uh, Because... The Republicans have such a small majority in the House mm-hmm. that will they will they vote to expel him now or just wait until he doesn't run again? And my this is this is where I think that we are going to be seeing our the true colors of the Republican Party, because if you are talking about the party of family values, the party of law and order, the party that is supposedly weird, what, what people's actions matter and they should be held accountable. Uh, if they don't vote him out, I think it's like a very slippery slope. Well, is it any different than them supporting Donald Trump as president, who's got all is also led, you know, I mean, the indictments against him, his family values, his he's clearly. Well, yeah, because, you know, the, only, here's the, the one difference that, that I see right now is that Donald Trump isn't in office. You That's know, true. He is not. But he's not there. Mm-hmm. And they're still behind him. Yes, they are still behind him. But the fact that this person who has committed crimes, you know, and they're like, it seems that if you are going to be the party of law and order, the party of family values, you would want to make sure that people are following the law and following, you know, espousing these family values um, and that they would get rid of them. But I think it's because that there is that slim majority within the house that they're going to just keep him on. And we're going to have to see this, Weasley man. Uh, oh yeah, to his thing. I, I think uh, I, my my vote would be, or my guess would be, that they will keep him on because they are smarmy. All they care about is power. Look at, I mean, we've seen it over and over again. And Donald Trump is an example of how they've turned. Even the candidates running against Donald Trump have been hesitant to, you know, call him out for January 6th. I mean, so what does that say? I mean, they they clearly have their power in mind and they will do it at all costs, in my opinion, including leaving a guy like Santos in, which is going to be great news for the late night uh, talk show host because they have a field day with oh, this guy yeah. every single day. And I, you know, oh. they have their impersonators oh, yeah, yeah. on Colbert and Kimmel. And it's just it's it's comedy gold, you know, so sadly. It is com- but, but sadly, like the comedy yeah. gold is at what cost? You know, you know, I can't. Bowen Yang does the best uh, impression of. Oh yeah, his uh, is good too. His is good too. It's great. You know, he had to take a liar test. It's not a liar test. It's a COVID test. (laughs) Duh. Uh, Uh, We do have a caller. Um, We could go to uh, Steve from the Gold Coast if we'd like and hear about what Steve has to say about politics during the holidays. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Out Chicago. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so a couple of points. And, and I, w- I would agree that, you know, it just depends upon who, what agenda they have. So look, keep in mind that up until now, they needed Santos and, and McCarthy openly had said that because of the slim margin, they needed his vote. The thing that changes here. OK, yes, we do. We are going to have votes on funding the war in Ukraine and, and Israel. 
There's also going to be uh, a vote with regard to a long-term budget resolution. But beyond that, there's not much happening in the House uh, next year. So, you know, there, it's, we don't need uh, to start to count heads any longer in the view of many people once you get uh, past, uh, past these bills that are absolutely, nece- absolutely necessary. So that's, that, I think, emboldens then the Republicans. And so for Republicans who are coming out of New York the, in terms of those congressional seats, so uh, that's one of the places where Republic- Republicans did well the last election cycle. So they actually picked up some seats, and in that what should have been a, a, a solidly blue state, especially on Long Island, they picked up seats. And the fact is that, that these are sort of middle-of-the-road Republicans, and they don't want to lose those seats, so they have to kind of do something about Santos, otherwise he tars them in, the, in their view. So uh, the speaker's getting a lot of pressure to do something about Santos, but the question is, does he do that, or does he say, well, I still want to protect, you know, the slim majority, despite the fact that there isn't a whole lot going on next year? It's possible we get through a few of these uh, essential votes, and then they dump him, and, you know, so sort of have their cake and eat it, too. <laughs> but, uh, and, and the second yeah. point, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if you wanted to respond to that uh, before I make my second point, but uh, that's up to you. Well, I, uh, sure, I agree with real you. Real quick, here's... <laughs> Well, I I agree with you as well, but I also think there is a way around it for those New York Republicans because you need a two-thirds majority to get somebody out of the House. So while those Republicans in New York who are also in those very heavily uh, Biden uh, communities, districts, uh, they can vote to expel him, but he still wouldn't get expelled. You know what I mean? Like there's they can put on a show Mm -hmm. about, oh, we need to get rid of him, but it might not happen. Right. Good point. Right. And that's an excellent point, because when people, when we have votes, sometimes they look a lot closer than they really are, such as the last resolution with regard to the budget. So a lot of Republicans had that not passed. Nobody wanted to go into Thanksgiving, you know, worrying about whether or not the TSA was going to be adequately funded when you head to the airport. So uh, the, once they knew they had enough votes, the majority of which came from Democrats, because Democrats are sane. Uh, you know, then Republicans were free to, especially the hardcore ones in terms of the MAGA movement, they were free to vote against it. So they could go back home in 2024 and say, well, you know what? I was still championing it. I was willing to shut down the government, do what it takes to get rid of the swamp and all this nonsense. So, yeah, it, it, the vote doesn't always look like what, it, what you actually see in the numbers. I'm true. And then uh, the, yeah. the second point uh, yeah, we're going. We're going into the holidays, and uh, you know this is an interesting dynamic for social scientists because they've been looking at this since Trump got elected. And literally, people cannot sit down to Thanksgiving and Christmas together as a family any longer because of all of this. There was a time when, yes, we came together. There are Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals in your family, and you can agree to disagree. But now you have literally families out there that refuse to gather. Why? Because one voted one way and another voted another, a different way. And I think it's just so destructive and it's indicative of the curse that is Donald Trump. And it just is the gift that keeps on giving in terms of what, what it's done to the society. Um, yeah, Steve, uh, thank you so much for giving us a call, Steve. I really appreciate your, yeah. your thoughts. And yeah, I, I agree with you. And that's why I think that is why I think this whole. George Santos, I mean, he is one person in a huge body of people. But it seems to me like this is a moment for the Republican Party to be like, enough, enough. We can't do this anymore. 
you know, like he he has weaseled his way into this. He has lied. He has manipulated. He has committed fraud. He is allegedly he has, you know, all these allegations that are against him. And this is a moment where people can be like, let's. Let's return to sanity. Like this, this person is not good. But every, I don't think they're going to rise up to that challenge. Right. But yeah. I do think, like, and that's the thing that that we have been grappling with ever since you know 2016 mm-hmm. is the fact that we have now emerged into this. We are now at a place where it seems like half of the country thinks that the other half is evil, like just not like not just like not good like evil that is probably not that high the 50 50 but there's a good chunk you know and it goes both ways and that's the part that we've got to try to figure out how to move through and the only way we can do that is if we start following rules having decency having like being able to have a friendly discourse sorry go ahead i was just gonna say every time i wait for the republican party to do the right thing ethically it doesn't happen I know, I know they don't. And now we've got Mega Mike up there as the Speaker of the House, who is just convinced that he has a direct line to God, that he um, he knows what uh, policy is, is going to be affected by his relationship with God. The fact that uh, America is a dark and depraved country because of gay teens, like what hate speech? I mean that, and yeah, and it's and that is the part that like it becomes. A very, it's 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 very interesting to put it mildly, yeah. you know, about what's what's going to be happening because if you have people who believe this guy, and that's that's the real troubling part. And my my question for people who are supporting this very very conservative this MAGA movement, I'm like, I, what do you want America to look like? Like, really, what do you want this country to look like? Do you want to constantly just like? Be beating people up verbally and physically, you know, is that what you want? Do you want that nobody who looks like you to have equal rights? Uh, the people who don't think like you to have, you know, just the, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, like all of that stuff. I don't, I, I don't know if they've thought it through because it feels very fascisty. You know, like, no, nope, it's got to look like this way. For good reason. I, they want people yeah. that look like, they want a white, straight world. And they are, this is, and they want men to be the ones that are mainly in charge. And people of color, right. they feel are, you know, we've talked about this at nauseum. They feel like people of color are going to replace them. And uh, the, the America to them is a white, straight world. And I don't know how we're going to change that view. Well, I don't know, we just have to keep doing what we're doing and everything. You know, uh, uh, Mike Johnson, he also was bemoaning the fact that, like, church attendance has dropped down below 50%. It's like, of course it has. Why would anybody want to go to a place that just nothing but espouses hate, yep. which is like the exact opposite of the teachings of Jesus? Absolutely. You know, it, it just it boggles the mind. You know, uh, and in the meantime, while people are out there just fighting this, the culture wars, they're out there, you know, just doing whatever they like, you know, riling up the pace, getting people to be, you know, hate the gays, hate the trans people. Let's hate black people. Let's hate, you know, Jewish people. Let's hate uh, Arabs and Muslims. Let's hate all these other people. Mm-hmm. They're not doing anything to actually make this mm-hmm. country better for anybody, anybody. So even 
even Chip Roy from Texas earlier this week, he, he released, he was on the floor speaking like, I need one Republican to tell me one thing that we have done that I can go back to my district and say, <laughs> this is what we have accomplished. Just one material thing. And there's nothing. Well, he thought it was going to be a sick burn on the Democrats. It didn't really, really work. <laughs> but, you know, it turned out to be like, yes, exactly. What have you done? You have done nothing. You have done nothing except get people riled up. And and it's a dangerous time. And, and my biggest so my biggest fear is that people are seeing this and they look at, you know, the Republicans look at the Democrats as the villains. The Democrats look at the Republicans in Congress as the villains. And and what I worry about that it's going to get a uh, a, a giant do- it's, people are going to be apathetic. And, and like in other countries where I visited recently, uh, they just don't vote anymore because they don't think it matters because they keep seeing the same movie over and over again, like a Congress that, you know, can't agree on, on you know, whether or not to shut down or not and, and the bills that we need to pass. So uh, I just worry that it, it get, people are getting worn down and apathetic. That is my, my biggest worry. And in 2024, we need anything but apathy, especially from the Democrats. Uh, we got to get out. We got to support whoever it is. If it is Joe Biden. There's no you cannot ask any questions. You just have to go vote. That's just the way it is. Yep. And we will make sure that we will keep beating that drum all the way up through Election Day in 2024. Amen to that. There we go. And we need to take a break. Yep. Uh, But when we come back, we are going to be speaking with Mallory Clark from Planned Parenthood of Illinois uh, to talk about how uh, they are looking for a more inclusive future through education, action and advocacy. So please stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT Heartland Signal. Hey, everybody, it's Rayvon Owen, and you're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, along with Ellen Miller, rolling along on this beautiful, beautiful day. Hey, did you know this week was uh, Transgender Awareness Week? Sure was. Uh, leading up to tomorrow for Transgender Day of Remembrance. Uh, and you know what? Planned Parenthood of Illinois is shaping a more inclusive future through education, action, and advocacy. And we are so very grateful to have with us Mallory Clock, uh, gender-affirming hormone therapy program director for Planned Parenthood of Illinois. Mallory, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much. It is really wonderful um, to be speaking with you all this week and um, right before Trans Day of Remembrance and Resilience. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for taking time out to join us today. I have to apologize. There might be a slight delay on my end just by a second or two because of, you know, technology. So, uh, <laughs> No worries. Oh, wonderful. Uh, can you just uh, tell uh, the folks out there a little bit more about your work with Planned Parenthood Illinois? Absolutely. Um, So I am the program director for gender affirming care at Planned Parenthood of Illinois. And my role is a mix of clinical work uh, and administrative work, working with our team for gender affirming care, as well as behavioral health. We're collaborating with them quite closely um, and helping people get access to not only gender affirming hormones, but also just general health care that is affirming to who they are. Yeah. Now, okay, it's 2023, and I can't believe I'm asking this, uh, but 
so when folks out there hear gender-affirming care and hormone therapy and all of this, it is just filled with so many misconceptions that are out there. What are, have been some of, like, you know, the zeitgeist is terrible right now. <laughs> what have been yeah. some of the biggest misconceptions that folks have about these therapies and just, and even about trans folks in general, because there seems to be a lot of vitriol aimed from the right at this, at the specific community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, that is a big part of why I'm really glad to be here and talking with you today and help to help like remove the mystery of the T in the LGBTQIA community. Um, because trans people, non-binary people, we are just people. Um, yeah. And a variation of um, powerful and beautiful way to exist in the world. And not all trans people seek medical affirmation. Um, some people do with different hormones to help their bodies be more in alignment with how they feel and how they are perceived and seen in the world, um, as well as surgeries or voice therapy and coaching. Um, and sometimes that is done for um, affirmation. Sometimes it's also done for safety. Uh, Trans Day of Remembrance is um, an acknowledgement of the people that are trans in this world who have been lost either to violence um, or to suicide uh, in the past year. Yes, that, yeah. is, that is why we celebrate the, that holiday and, and remember these people who sadly lost their lives for no no reason at all. Mallory, I was recently on a cruise and I met some people a woman who was telling me that, uh, you know, kids as young as seven years old are getting uh, hormones uh, to, uh, mm. and I, this, I, I tried to argue with her. We were in a store. It's a long story. We were on a cruise. We were at a port. <laughs> and um, she said there was one thing she and her liberal friend agreed on, which is, you know, I hope my, my son doesn't want to be a girl. And I was like, whoa. Uh your son should be, you know, whoever your your grandson should be, whoever they want to be and feel they, sh- you know, that they are in their, in, you know, in their mm-hmm. mind and in their heart. And, well, they're giving six and seven year olds drugs, you know, and I, I, I am sure they're getting this from some right right wing, you know, media of some sort. But can you clear that up for people who tell us about hormone yeah. therapy and, 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 and how that happens for people age wise? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, gender affirming care goes on with people of all ages um, and it does go on for young children. But at that point, it's not hormones um, and it's not medical or surgical intervention. Right. Uh, It's just social affirmation, like calling them by the names that they um, that match who they are using the pronouns, um, facilitating using bathrooms that they can feel comfortable and safe in. Um, but hormones, um, that's not something that comes into play until hormones would be coming into play just by bodies making hormones as they do. Um, and medications that are used for young people, um, including hormones or, uh, medications that pause, 
uh, puberty. puberty. Mm-hmm. Those, those have been used for, um, for kiddos who have had puberties that are earlier than expected for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you know, like gender affirming care for young people at Planned Parenthood of Illinois is limited to um, 16 and 17 year olds as far as hormone care. Um, if there are younger um, teenagers coming in, it's for birth control. Um, and we're providing gender affirming care in using their names and talking about their bodies and their relationships with people and the ways that feel good to them. But that's not something that starts to later in life. Yep. Yes. So like this, this giant wave of, of young people claiming to be trans that the right would like us to think about is not exactly <laughs> the way it really no, and, 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 and how do you, how does Planned Parenthood, you know, uh, combat these falsehoods and let people, you know, know the truth about it? What, it's, a, it's a huge undertaking because there's some bad yeah. info out there. Yeah, and that's, you know, we're on our social media and just in our um, everyday work that we do, both in clinics and in the communities that we're serving um, in in the state of Illinois as a whole. um, We're just providing basic factual information about the health care that we provide. Um, Yeah, that's what you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and speaking of like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. um, And, you know, with the idea or some of the fear that has like been very present um, about more people being trans, um, it's not that more people are are trans now and it's some like social contagion. It's just that people have more space and safety to be honest about who they are now. Um, most most transgender adults uh, knew when they were younger, when they were teenagers, um, but the average age to disclosure is about 14 years between when somebody knows um, more about who they are and when they first share that with, with the world. Yeah, it's because of it's because of services and care that are provided by agencies like Planned Parenthood of Illinois that people feel empowered and, as you said, safe to actually let people know this is this is what's going on. What um, we've got a very short amount of time left, but what what are some of the, uh, the like what types of care and services uh, is are provided by uh, Planned Parenthood of Illinois for the trans community? Yeah, so um, trans people actually access all of the services that Planned Parenthood offers, including um, gender-affirming hormones, whether that's testosterone or estrogen-based therapy. Um, Trans people come to us for birth control and abortions and vasectomies um, and infection testing for sexually transmitted infections. Um, Trans people come to us to help decrease their risk of becoming HIV positive. Um, And for basic like health screenings, such as pap smears and chest exams, um, trans people are coming to us for all types of care. And historically, trans people have experienced great harm within the medical setting. uh, And that 
shows up in the health outcomes of that community. And it is a great honor to get to be part of reshaping that and creating positive healthcare experiences um, so that people do actually stay in care. Yeah, and that to me seems to be one of the biggest things. I mean, you're just saying, oh, you know, people come to Planned Parenthood of Illinois with people problems, you know. But I Mm -hmm. think one of the things that's most specific with the trans community is the – the the disrespect the the miscare that has been treated to them and it keeps folks away from actually going to the doctor for people problems Mm -hmm. and we are so grateful that Planned Parenthood of Illinois provides a safe and uh, nurturing space for folks of all walks of life so that they can continue to get the health care the health care for their mm-hmm. body as somebody who has COVID over here, the health care that they oh. need. Amen you know. to that, Scott, for sure. Yes, I know. So, so thank you for all the work that you, that you do and that you continue to do. If you would like more information on all the services that are provided, head to plannedparenthood.org. Mallory Clock, uh, Gender Affirming Hormone Therapy Program Director of uh, Planned Parenthood of Illinois, thank you so much for taking time out today to join us and have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. You too. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Mallory. Thanks for your work. Thank you so much. Uh, We've got to take a quick break, and when we come back, it is the second hour, and Paul Williams right here on Out Chicago. So stick around. (laughs) You're listening to Out Chicago and WCPT. Hey, Chicago, I'm Rick Smith, host of The Rick Smith Show, and I want to hear from you every weeknight from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on WCPT AM 820. Call in and be heard as we focus on the issues most important to working America. The Rick Smith Show, where working people come to talk. Weeknights, 8 to 10 p.m. right here on WCPT AM 820, home of Chicago's progressive talk. I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And welcome back to the second hour of Out Chicago. Scott Duff here at Knob Gobbler Manor. Ellen Miller, you're over there in Jefferson Park in the studio. Yes, I am. I may have COVID, but nothing can keep me away from you or for this show and this hour. I cannot wait. Uh, you know, we like to do a little bit of good uh, here on the show. And a little bit later on the show, we're going to be speaking uh, about the Wool Gathering Project, which is a sock drive uh, uh, collecting and distributing over 100,000 pairs of socks for folks in need over the last 10 years. Nice. We're going to be speaking with our, our good buddy, Beth Lakey, uh, from there. But before we do that, okay, I'm going to take slow, deep breaths. He is a singer. I'm probably not even going to be able to get through this introduction. Oh, no. He is a singer, songwriter, author, a Grammy, Golden Globe, and Academy Award winner. And he was a fixture of my childhood. And he is now joining us on the phone. Mr. Paul Williams, welcome to the show. It's delighted to be here. Thank you for the lovely, lovely introduction. It's fabulous to be here. Life is, life well, is wonderful. Bill, we're delighted to have you. Okay, yep, I am already tearing up right here, so I'm going to apologize. Scott's younger than than I am, Paul, so you are a fixture of my adulthood, but you're a fixture of his childhood. Listen, I'm I'm 83. I'm 83. I feel like a tired 34. 
uh, I have I've never been more comfortable in my own skin, and and more more I'm impressed with my ability to walk through these days with this Jiminy Cricket attitude that I have. Well, the world is just going to, to you know it's like yeah, you I'm wearing see. a t I'm wearing a t-shirt that says that says I'm with the band and it's got a stack of the books that that have been banned and it's just you know I, I have a I have a solid position I'm going to stay positive no matter what happens. Good for you. Well. We've got we've got to yeah. do that in these 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 dark times for sure. <laughs> we look I mean, look. Here's the thing. I mean, you you were Paul freaking Williams. Okay, I I put up like on I posted on social media that I had the opportunity to chat with you, and people lost their minds. They were like, "Oh my gosh, please tell him that you know the Phantom of the Paradise is amazing." Please tell him that the the carp like his work with the Carpenters was incredible. Of course, like the Muppets, I am like the Jim Henson lover in me is going insane. Do you ever just sit back and go, "Whoa, I did that"? Uh, you know what? When I was drinking, I'm 33 years sober. When I was drinking, I was quite impressed with how bright I was, and I began to write from the, from that really bright mind, and instead of from the center of the the, of the chest, that little little kid's place that goes, "Oh God, I'm, you know, pick me up and love me," you know. Mm-hmm. Spent my life writing codependent anthems and everything, and then when I started to get successful, and when I began to, you know, began to, you know, I always joked that alcohol made me big enough to feel like I was big enough to deal with the rest of the world and cocaine made me feel like I could shoot basketball for money and this you know when your confidence begins to drift into arrogance you what you what you begin to create begins to be really impressive to the creative you know to the person who thinks he's creating and uh, and does not really connect with the world around you because you're beginning to disconnect from that world. I will tell you in sobriety, this is the longest answer hopefully you'll get from me today, uh, uh, but I have to tell you that, that at this point in my life, my name is on all those wonderful, wonderful projects. But, I mean, if if I backed up the, the influences and, and just, you know, that sense of where is this coming from, this is just all a gift. It's it. It's the story. It's the essence of Jim Henson. It's the, it's handing me a book, you know, that that has this amazing story of Emmett Otter and his ma, and, and this kind of rewritten, you know, retelling of the gift of the Magi that is so magical that what I write for it just pours out of me. So, mm-hmm. so I have a, you know, I have a much healthier attitude about all this, and and a. An ego, I think, a little more in check than it used to be. But what what you're describing is what I call heart payment. Somebody comes up and says, my mom was a single mom, and you and me against the world was an important song to us. For me and for Kenny, and I wrote that song with you, we go, oh, God, thank you. Oh, no, Paul Williams, let me tell you, like, the first, I remember sitting down, I, my mom, (laughs) okay, sorry, my, um, it was my. I had a single mom, and the two of us sat down and we watched Emma Otter's Jug Band Christmas together, and it was. It gave me all the feels. It's giving me all the feels right now. Um, my husband 
<laughs> was just telling me about how he would watch uh, Emma Daughter's Junk Band Christmas, and then he's from Mississippi, and he would go out into the woods, and he would literally just roam the woods as a little child singing the music that comes through, and it is right. I know, like, oh my god, could you be any gayer? Like, that was just like the gayest thing on the planet. But it's like these, it really. Your music and your words are have a, have a profound effect on people. So thank well, you. Let, me, let, me inter- let me interrupt and say two things. And this is not going to take hours and all, but I want to say two things. When you start crying, I immediately, I mean, I just, you know, there's a part of my very essence that just reach out, reach out, reaches out, puts my arms around you and pulls you closer to me because this is exactly what I need out of this world is people with open hearts like that. That speaks so much about your strength to me. Aww. That speaks totally about your strength <laughs> you to me. And, here's, and, and, and now I want to brag about, about this, the fact that this is out, out anything. In 1977, before my gay daughter was born, I took out a full-page ad against Anita Bryant in the in the uh, in, in in Daily Variety. Uh-huh. I took out an ad that said, "Mr. and Mrs. Paul Williams, in response to Anita Bryant's crusade, have stopped drinking." Dot 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 screwdrivers, which is made with orange, orange juice. juice. Yes, orange it juice. was. It was. <laughs> and when my and when my when my when my daughter married her partner. Uh, her partner uh, managed to find that ad, which my daughter didn't know about, hmm. and framed it and gave it to her. And it's it's on the wall between their their bedroom and the children, their kids' bedroom, uh, my grandkids' bedroom. And and so for me to to be uh, speaking to you, I, I I want you to know that I come to you as as. Uh, you know, as as feeling as if I'm being enfolded right now by part of my tribe, and 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 I hope that I can always rise to be the kind of advocate that is desperately needed right now in this world. You have a beautiful and open heart, and it's evident from the start by the kind of music you have and songs you have penned over the years. So. Uh, You've, you've, you've put it out there for people, and people like Scott and so many in, across the, in the world have felt your open heart, Paul. So we thank you for thank that. Thank you, thank you. And I feel you right back, right back. Uh, you, Paul, you've written so many iconic songs in your prolific career. One of my very favorites is We've Only Just Begun. Yes, and uh, it has an amazing origin story, and I, I, I have a feeling a lot of our listeners don't know that story about how the Carpenters ended up turning it into one of the all-time great pop songs of our lifetimes. Can you share that origin story? Oh, if we've only just begun. I would, you know, I love talking about Karen and Richard. I mean, they changed my world. Uh, I started writing in 1967 with a guy named Roger Nichols. I, 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 I met him through another guy named Biff Rose. Uh, uh, Roger and I started writing for about four years. We wrote songs that that were recorded. They were album cuts. They were B-sides. We never heard anything on the radio. I mean, it was like, are we ever going to hear it? And, you know, when you're in your 20s, three years is, is like a lifetime. Uh-huh. So it's like, I got that. So, like, that's it. We were making a great living. Nobody knew who we were. And, and all of a sudden, one day, there's there's a knock on Roger's office door. We have both white offices at A&M Records. 
And uh, it's Herb Alpern, and he says, I want to introduce you to A&M's newest recording artist, Herb. Uh, this is, these are the Carpenters, Richard and, and Karen. And they looked at us, and they said, oh, my God, we love your recording of Trust by, by the Peppermint Trolley Company. And Steve Lawrence's Drifter is great. It's like they knew, and we were like, oh, my God, we're famous. <laughs> mm. We're famous. <laughs> Somebody actually knows who we are. And that was the beginning of our relationship. And Roger and I wrote a song. It was on the B side of of, of close to you, that, but it was it was the B side. It was not the single. And we and we desperately anything we wrote, we would want to show it to to uh, to Karen and Richard to get to your your story about. We've only just begun. Had all the romantic beginnings of a bank commercial. Roger and I were writing, and a friend of his was a, a great lyricist named Tony Asher. Tony Asher wrote the lyrics that God only knows for the you know for Brian Wilson. Mm, great writer, great song. And 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 Tony had the the job to write this this song for a, a commercial. It was very different. There was no pitch. It was just going to show a young couple getting married, driving off into the sunset after the ceremony, the kiss, the ceremony. Driving off into the sunset, and it said, you've got a long way to go. We'd like to help you get there to the Crocker Bank. Tony Asher went out and went skiing and broke his hand. He was on pain pills. He said, I'm loopy. I can't do this. I recommended you and Roger. And I said, I don't want to write a bank commercial. Roger said, come on, let's try. I said, I don't want to write a bank commercial. He said, there's a creative fee. I said, let's write this bank commercial. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and of course, you know. So we wrote, we wrote the, the, in probably in an afternoon. I think it took us maybe a couple of hours. He came up with the, the music, and I wrote the lyrics. And uh, we completed it as a complete song just in case anybody was going to want to record it. Understand at the time, the number one album, album in the country was in a, in a Gata de Vida. So this was not a song that was probably going to get recorded. This was not a song that was ever going to be a single, and this was certainly not a song that was going to be a major hit. And that all changed when an angel sang it, because Richard Heard recognized my voice on the commercial, called and said, is there a complete song? We said, yeah, funny you should ask. And when they recorded it, and when we heard it the first time, oh, my God, we looked at each other and went, is anybody else going to hear how beautiful this is, what we're hearing? And it turned out that everybody did. Everybody they did. sure it was did. a life changer. Oh, my God. And yeah. still do. And yeah. still do to this day. It's a wonderful song. Thank you for, for that song, Paul. Oh, I know. Sure, Thank you for sure. all the music. We have been sitting here listening to the past week. We have just been on a Paul Williams kind of overload, especially as we're getting ready for uh, heading into the holidays here in Chicago with Emmett Otter's junk band Christmas. Now, you had worked with Jim Henson, I believe, on The Muppet Show, and then you had uh, uh, an opportunity to write the music, uh, the words of mu- the music for Emma Otter's Junk Band Christmas. Is that how that collaboration began? Yeah, exactly. I showed up in England to do the first season of The Muppet, and it was like I was a huge fan. I mean, from, from you know, every morning on the road of my band, we, you know, we'd watch Sesame Street, and, you know, Bert and Ernie taught us which forks to look to use. It was, they, I was a huge, huge fan. And I mean, a fan of Jim's all the way back to the Ed Sullivan show with the Slinkies and the Manamana and all that. Yeah. Uh, but I never... You know, there's a treehouse in in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, and, and the, the kids are up. The guys, you know, the the, the, the Jug 
band is practicing up in that tree. And I never had a treehouse experience as a kid until I met Jim Hansen. And when I walked on the set of the Muppet movie and I met I met all the guys, all the Muppet performers, it was like all of a sudden I'm in the treehouse. The level of humor is amazing. The hearts are open and large and accepting. And it was just wow. And Jim asked me, he handed me the, the book the, in of Emmett Otter, and, and he said, there's a, a script being written right now. We're going to do a one-hour special. Would you write the songs? Words and music. And I did. Uh, and, it, and it's interesting because the, the, the songs are very Americana, and it's not really what I was writing. But the, the story spoke to me. Jim's energy is in anything and everything I've written mm-hmm. that had anything to do with the Muppets, including the Muppet Christmas Carol, which was written. I wrote words and music for that after Jim had passed. Uh, but he is absolutely in in every word. I I feel is his presence. Oh. And, and uh, yeah, Paul, look at the birds up a tree. We're not birds. We're a junk band. Scott <laughs> forgot to mention something. Uh, he buried the lead. Scott, tell Paul what you named your dog. Oh, my dog is named Emmett Otter. (laughs) That was actually, that was one of the first things shared with me when I heard about it today. I said, oh, my God, that's wonderful. And I wound up up with uh, with guinea pigs because they look so much like otters. (laughs) I get get it. I love it. I love it. So... He's great. He's great. He's in a junk band. You know, he's doing it. He's doing <laughs> yeah. a good job. What could be wrong? He's in yeah. a junk band. I yeah. know. I know. When we got him, he was kind of pancakey and slinky against the sides of the wall. And he's so very sweet and so very earnest. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're Emmett Otter. So that's, oh, that's where it came from. Yeah. The end, Again, my husband wants me to, pers- to personally thank you for where the oh, that's wonderful. to see. It's such music and this is it's what I call a heart payment. To find out that, you know, that you're petting somebody named Emmett every day is just—it's a heart payment. I oh, love it. It is. I love that. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm okay holding it together. So, as you are transitioning, because it was this amazing, clearly had a profound effect on me as a child. You taking this beloved television special and. Uh, adapting it for the stage, have there been any challenges, or was that more for like, I guess, the puppeteers? Because like, you know, you're like, my songs are golden. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I get this feeling sometimes in just my life in general that somebody's whispering to us every now and then. It's just that for this just began with with Tim McDonald. Uh, who you know loved Emmett Otter and always believed that it should be a, a it would make a great stage musical you know a few additional songs and and uh, you know with humans and play, playing you know the in the puppet roles but but also having the, you know the 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 original Muppets and all there uh, so he loved the idea and and he also loved Chris Catelli's work and he had a, was a big fan of Chris. And he, he invited Chris to lunch, and he sat down. He said, I'd love to do something with you. Is there anything that you'd, you'd really love to do that you haven't done? And he said, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And it was like, boing. You know, the, the, you know, the, 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 the sun came out. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, I had a bit of a background with, with the Good Street Theater because I'd been doing uh, – Developing Happy Days, a musical with Gary Marshall at the Good Speed 
And it just it just seems to fall into place. And we did we did a couple of Christmases in a row up at the good speed, and then uh, and you know then it finally made it to New York. And when it made it to New York in 2020, uh, it was it had had grown up to be a real really wonderful wonderful staged musical. And we had the I mean it's like I couldn't have written better reviews. God bless the New York Times and everybody that saw it said all these wonderful things and of course like everybody else we got closed by covid mm. the actors count i never saw i'm so sad mm. i never saw it in new york because i was in my hotel room testing positive every day for about two weeks and by the time i was oh, negative no. they had closed they closed uh. it. so this is the first time i've seen it since the good speed is is uh is here at the Studebaker, which is a great place to see it. Do you have a favorite moment in uh, in in Emmett Otter? Well, there's you know there's this spiritual presence of of, of Otter who is 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 not in the the original. Uh, you know, I mean, we talk, they talk about Paul Otter and Paul's favorite song, "When the River Meets the Sea," and all and and. The the there are two moments in, in the in the, the the musical that are really special to me. One is that when they at the end of it, and not to give anything away, does anyone who haven't seen it? But right. when, when Ma and and Emma both enter a contest trying to buy presents, in New York beautiful uh, Christmas presents for each other, and they lose. They're walking back. There is this wonderful moment when when two things occur. One is that they. They realize that the two songs that they're singing, they've been singing, work really beautifully together, and they sing them together and get and, and get hired as you know as to as the you know the Dog Bullfrog Tavern. To, to Dog Bullfrog. So I love that moment of how no becomes a gift, you know, which has been solid in my life. And the other thing is is when the river meets the sea, it will always have such a special meaning for me because. Right after you know, right after the Muppet movie, you know, Jim passed, and and they performed when the river meets the sea at his at his memorial, and it was it's just a song that is to me is about is about just the gifts of Jim Hansen's life and all the philosophy and the caring and the elegance of kindness that is the the is the thing that survives, I think, most powerfully in in Jim's uh, in Jim's memory. Uh, so the, those moments are, are really seriously, and, and there's actually a song now that 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 I've added to the to the score that that the ghost of of Potter sings to Alice when she's thinking to herself that she's just you're just a foolish old dreamer. And he sings, Alice, keep dreaming. I'm right here beside you. I'm close as the sun when it's warm and you're fur. I'm with you in spirit. When the wind blows, you'll hear it. Whispering, Alice, my own. Keep the faith, girl. You're never alone. I hope you'll come and see it. Your listeners will come and see it. Because it's, it's one of my favorite moments ever to have that spirit. It feels <laughs> absolutely like Jim Henson. And did I make anybody cry? Yes, yeah, Scott's crying and I'm yes, about to oh cry. Yes, oh my gosh, I'm a mess. You know, this, 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 show is, this, show, this show is perfect. <laughs> I love you, Paul. This show is perfect for these times. It really is. This is what we need. A show like this. Oh, how lovely. Thank you. Thank you. It's well, thank very you. True. And 
And thank you for carrying on the legacy of the elegance of kindness. Yes. Um, and thank you for, for, thank you for the music and thank you for the love. Um, and uh, several people have also been like, thank you for being so open about your road with recovery yes. and sobriety. You are really have been a, a guidepost mm-hmm. for so many people. Um, and you've touched so many folks. Oh, it's been, it's, oh I'm, it's I'm nothing but grateful. And Scott, I'm nothing but grateful. And, and I, I think that, that the gratitude and generosity are fuel. I think if, if, if you know, anybody feels like their life is a little bogged down, go out and do something in service to another human being and watch everything get better. Amen to that, Paul. There you go. Amen to that. All right. I'm going to pull myself together so I can get the, this outro. Make sure that you check out <laughs> Emma Otter's Chuck Bank Christmas at Chicago's historic Studebaker Theater. It's running through December 31st. It officially opens tomorrow, uh, so break a tail. Uh, it features songs <laughs> by the legendary Paul Williams. <laughs> Uh, if you want to find out, get some tickets, go to fineartsbuilding.com slash Studebaker. Paul Williams, again, thank you so much for just making my day. It's a pl- uh, oh, you guys, are delighted. come and say hi. Just come and, you know, come and grab me by the nap of the neck and say, come here and give me a big hug. I really look forward to I it. I will, but I've got COVID He's right got now, COVID. So That's, yeah, he's not in the studio. But I, oh, my God. Are you going to be in town well, for uh, for the for a little while, or are you just going to be I, here for tomorrow? I'll, I'll be. I'm going. I, I actually just spent this weekend. I just got back. I was here. I, got, I spent the weekend in Brookshire museum where they did a retrospective i'm going to go home to huntington beach for uh, about a week and everything i'll be back i think on the sixth i'll be here for about about five days with my my kids and grandkids coming in to see it as well so hopefully you'll be neg- testing negative by then and and can come and, and we can we can say hi and, and a brick bread or something. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That's great. I'll give you my number, Paul. Can I <laughs> yeah. call you, Paul? Well, you, okay. You, yeah, you know what? You've got my, you've got my number, and and, uh, and and please use it. Shoot me a text, and I'll get you all the contact information. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. He will love that. Here. All right, Paul Williams, go and be magical. Thank you, Paul Williams. <laughs> we love having you with I us. I love you all. You have made my day. God bless. God bless you, too. Uh, God bless you, Thanks, too. Paul. All right. Make sure, again, Emma Otter's Chuck Bang Christmas is playing at the Studebaker Theater. Paul Williams. Thank you. Thank you. we got to take a break. And there's more Chicago Chicago right after this. I'm Heather Vickery with Greatest Expectations. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, barely keeping his stuff together right now because I just talked to Paul Williams. Woo-hoo. And Ellen Miller is over there. There we are. That was wonderful. Okay. He's what a wonderful man. You could just tell he was the kind of person that he just showed that he was because of the songs and the type of songs he's written over the years. But hearing him in personal, he's so earnest. In person, he's so earnest and kind. And he was That's moved kind. by by your reaction. And now they're going to be besties and they're going to hang out. So there you go. And we're totally going to hang out. We're gonna, I'm going to hang out with 
Paul Williams and we'll braid each other's hair. Well, you and Devin braid your hair there. Um, but the thing that I read that is really sticking with me is about like the elegance of kindness is what he was talking about. He's like, and if you ever get marked down into something, go out and do something for somebody else and you'll feel so much better. Mm-hmm. And I cannot think of a better way to intro our next Indeed. guest. Uh, over the past 10 years, the Bull Gathering Project has hosted sock drives, collecting and distributing over 100,000 pairs of socks to folks in need and Joining us now is our buddy, actor, and an amazing human, Beth Lakey. <laughs> Beth, hello. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Scott and Ellen. So good to speak with you again. I have to tell you, I'm super emotional. Mm. So I listened to that entire, I've listened to your entire show, but Paul Williams, mm. um, first off, you have to give him my phone number too, Scott. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Um, okay, good, good, good. I'm going to hang out with you guys. Um, uh, I was thinking just about the serendipity of this exact conversation rainbow connection for me was a song sorry that got me through a really like lonely childhood Mm. and um this idea that you're connected with people that you've never even met and that you're on some sort of team and it's a team of people who dream of a better world a better life um and so you know, that was one of the, I'm so sorry. Like, it's not, I'm not doing a good job of the segue into speaking about um, the Look At Them project. I'm sure you've got questions, but it was a really beautiful interview. And thank you so much for um, speaking with him and speaking with me and sharing his message um, with the with the community that is listening. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 you know, it, but it seems to me it's just like the spirit of Paul Williams. You know, we just watched yeah. him up a movie last night and burst into tears through that whole thing. Anyway, yeah. it really is like about, you know, it shows how it shaped people and clearly mm-hmm. it put in this, this ethos inside of you. How did mm-hmm. the Bolt Gathering Project begin? It began just about 10 years ago. So my friend, Molly Glenn, who's an actor in town, we were, she'd never seen Love Actually. (laughs) This project has been brought to you by Love Actually. So you have to watch it. I came over to our house. I came over to our house. I'm like, what do you mean you've never watched it? And and I definitely fall on the side of people who love the movie. Um, She did not. So we were maybe five minutes in and she hated the movie. And but she had asked me at the time, like, oh, do you want some fuzzy socks to wear? And I was like, oh, no, I love socks. Look at my fuzzy socks. We talked about how much we love socks. And then I don't know where she said, did you know that socks are the most requested, but least donated item in shelters? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I did not know that. Um, I'm like, I've got a whole sock drawer of socks that I don't need. And she's like, me too. And really, when I think about how the past 10 years came out of a two minute conversation, um, and I said, you know, I bet our friends have socks. Like, I wonder if we held a sock drive who would show up. And, um, much like what Paul was talking about, what you were talking about, um, it was an idea, but then that January I went through a breakup and I was super sad. And I thought, well, I should get out of this sadness by thinking about someone else. So I had reached back out to Molly, and she was in a play, and she she was like, well, I'm too busy. I said, well, you're super popular, so can I please hide behind you? Um, I'm like, like, you know, you. I'm the nerd in, yeah, I'm the nerd in high school that, like, is where no one's going to show up to my party. Um, you're a popular girl. She's like, absolutely. And the name came up, I think about how, like, Dave Grohl, there was an interview once, and he said, if, 
I had known the Foo Fighters was going to last. I might have spent some more time with the name. Um, <laughs> that's how I was with the Wool Gathering Project. You know, the idea was that we would sit together. So I, was, I reached out to a coffee shop that's no longer in Chicago, Julius Meinl. I said, if I sit mm-hmm. in a coffee shop with a box, you know, I'll buy coffee. Would people, you know, would you mind? Um, and put it out on social media. Molly joined me. And it was right before, like, that polar vortex had hit. Oh, yeah. And the temperatures were, I mean, it was hitting. And the temperatures were crazy low. Um, and people came out. And it was mostly the Chicago theater community in the beginning. And it started, and I had started taking photos just to kind of promote it at the time of, look, people are coming out, which has since become a thing of people who are donating because I don't want to invade the privacy of those who are sharing the socks with. Um, and then that started. So we did, well, I was like, well, that was a success. We got hundreds of socks. How about I do it again tomorrow? <laughs> and I did the next day, um, which was great, but I had gone back and forth between Chicago and LA. And in that time, um, my friend Molly Glenn passed away unexpectedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so she was in a, a shocking and terrible accident. And, um, and I had missed her memorial because I was working in Los Angeles. So when I come back in the fall, there's another actress, Janelle Jones, who uh, joined me. And so I decided to do like a memorial drive for her. But I always call her the angel over the Wool Gathering Project. All of a sudden, Bonnie Rubin from Chicago Tribune, uh, I had reached out to her because there was someone I wanted to share the socks with that she had written an article about. And all of a sudden, she wrote an article about the drive. And then that was it. Uh, people came in for that one drive from different states, um, had driven in to donate socks. And, um, and that was just, uh, it was so easy for people to do something, uh, which was kind of the ethos behind the whole project, which is, you know, it, it takes something very small to make a large impact. And I think when we get overwhelmed with need, and uh, the news and and crises and uh, it feels like where do I how can I help when the need is so great and so the idea that something as small as a pair of socks can make the difference uh, in the life of someone in need and that's really what it was I mean uh, people we're using people use plastic bags to cover their feet mm. in the winter. And if you think about it, you know, and when they would see us coming, they would take off their boots because they knew the socks were coming. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also a way to keep feet healthy. Um, it, it's health, it's, it's warmth. Uh, you know, as we all know in Chicago winters, <laughs> um, you know, it's once your socks get wet, that's it. And um, yeah. so to have another pair of socks to have that kind of warmth. And so it really took off from there. We had a graphic designer who um, created the sock box logo. So you could just print it up, slap it on a box, and uh, collect in your schools and coffee shops. And it, that's how we were able to cross state lines. And uh, people just really rose to it. And so, yeah, so uh, it will be 10 years this January since I sat in the now defunct Julius Meinl, who oh, they weren't very kind anyway. Me. They weren't the best. 
Uh, <laughs> Did like you love them, Ellen? <laughs> I lo- well, they're in my na- they were in my neighborhood, and I was really sad when they left because they made some beautiful pastries. Oh, I so good with that like little cookie that came with that tiny little Viennese cup oh. of coffee. It's so good. But yes, yes. so that's the long <laughs> that's the long answer to uh, a short question you had. Yes, that's the well gathering project. So, Beth, so for our listeners that want to donate, are they new socks? Are they gently used? Will you take gently we, used as well? We will take both. I mean, most shelters that we end up sharing with um, will only accept new ones. But the socks that we share directly on the street, and as we all know in Chicago, um, with the migrant crisis, mm-hmm. uh, there are more and more people on the street. So I'm recently adding... Um, so you can go to our website, thewillgatheringproject.org, and there's a couple of different ways to help. There's a button. Uh, we have an Amazon wish list, um, but if you're not fans of Amazon, uh, there's a PayPal button to donate, and it will buy socks and distribute them. And then there's also the um, sock box graphics. So in the past, we've had people who are throwing holiday parties who have a box in their home. So instead of host gifts, you know, in lieu of bringing a gift mm-hmm. or a bottle of wine, they say, you know, can you bring some socks? Huh. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, we will pick up from you and we will distribute. Um, but if you're in another state, we find organizations near you that if you collect, you know, everyone needs socks. And, and unfortunately, too, um, more and more children are uh, out in Chicago. So um, because of the migrant situation sure. right now. So we're adding some children's socks in there and yeah, but we will take gently worn. We'll take, we'll take whatever you've got. Okay. We'll take whatever you've got and, and get it to the people yeah, yeah. Who, who need warmth and care the most. So here in Chicago, what organizations mm-hmm. have you, are you working with? Well, we work with um, Dr. Angelo. So he's Angelo of Lower Wacker, uh, Night Ministry. There's Cradles to Crayons. Um, who are also working with, um, they've just linked up with someone I can't remember, um, where they are really addressing the migrant crisis. But we also just go to warming centers. And um, in Chicago, there's usually when the cold hits, they announce where the warming centers are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go we go right there. Um, so sometimes it's libraries, sometimes. So it's, it's really any organization. People reach out to us now when they know they need socks. So, um, but those are a handful of um, organizations that, if you were to look it up, um, and you can direct, you can donate directly to them too. Usually, the Will Gathering Project is just an easy way for them to um, reach out to their friends and family and community members um, for just the items of socks. Yeah. Well, you know, and yeah. again, this is like, uh, like you were saying, uh, in, in in a time such as this that we are living in, where it's like everything is just so overwhelming and there's so, everything just feels so big. What can mm-hmm. you do to help? And it really is the smallest thing. And mm-hmm. just like to take it a really and stop and look, and look around your community. And it is... Oh, go ahead, I was going to say, next time you're at Costco or somewhere like that, that mm-hmm. has a, a nice, they have a they have great socks there, and they're mm-hmm. reasonably priced, and it comes in a big packet. When you're buying mm-hmm. all your holiday stuff, go down that socks aisle, grab a couple packs. It, it doesn't cost that much, and it really means a lot to those that are going to get it. So It really does. And if you have any question, if any of your listeners, keep some socks in your car. And when you see someone on the street who's asking for money or food, and you offer them socks, you will see the immediate and profound impact of, of a gesture of care and warmth 
that it makes um, on someone in Chicago who is suffering and feels unseen um, and Mm -hmm. feels overlooked and isolated. And I think that's the other thing why our project has worked is it really is a sense of community um, because we can feel really isolated and separate, which is when I think we feel overwhelmed with um, how can I help and that the world is burning and, you know, and, um, and just that human connection. So yeah, so keep some socks or underwear or anything in your car this winter and share, you don't have to, you don't have to come to us to, to do it. We're just, it was an idea that has um, grown, but anyone can do anything. Any small act of kindness um, can make a, a greater impact and like Paul Williams, I'm going to bring it back around, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. the lovers and dreamers, you know, the rainbow connection, you know, right. we're all connected yep. and we're all connected. Yeah. I know, Scott, I'm going to start crying. I mean, that's a good way to I'm just gonna bring it around town, yep. bring it around town. Yeah. But so it is, it is a way just to really, um, remind ourselves that we're connected and, um, it's, it's really, it can be very easy. It can be a pair of socks. Especially this time of year. It's, it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And extending, remember, it's not just through the holidays. Winter goes until June. Yeah. So, you know, like, <laughs> Correct. not Correct. just this time of year, you know. But Correct. It's great. Beth, Beth, like, you were just so, such a ding-dong rainbow. I can't even <laughs> deal with you. <laughs> that is the greatest compliment. That's, that's like the new, like, Paul Williams compliment to tell someone. That you are just a rainbow. But no, thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out and for highlighting our work, but also um, just this Chicago and how people are suffering and what people can do to help. So thank you for the work that you two do oh, for you. so many and, and being the voice for so many who um, are voiceless. So thank you for your work. Oh, thanks, well, Beth. We appreciate you. Know, you. Well, we we but, all you know. appreciate, on behalf of everyone listening, we appreciate the two of you. So thank <laughs> you. <laughs> well, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. For, uh, for more information on how you mm. can get involved, uh, you know, or just get some ideas, head over to the woolgatheringproject.org. Um, and I think it's a great idea as you're having a, a holiday party coming up this, this season, have some folks bring over some socks, you know, just something a little special. Yeah. Beth Lakey, yep. again, you're right. Thank you Keep so shining. much. Thanks, appreciate guys. you guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thanks, Beth. Thank you so much. Take care. <laughs> All right. We've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, it is the final thrilling show-stopping moments about Chicago right here on WCPT. Impressive talk. WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Renee Taylor. You're listening to Out Chicago. WCPT 820. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, along with Ellen Miller, rolling along. I've pulled myself together. Very good. A bit. For, for the finale of our show. <laughs> you're all good. Oh, no, he's going to lose it again. No, here, no, you're good. No, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. You are great. Um, you're, you're an honest, oh. as are honest feelings, and Paul totally appreciated them, and, and it meant, you know, a lot uh, to him. I mean, I'm telling you, well, first of all, what, an, what a kind man. Yeah, he's really a very, special. very kind man. Yeah. You know, uh, he's just kind of great, but, you know, the thing that we, um, the, I'm sorry, I'm getting text messages now from people like, oh, I'm dying. Um, uh, 
I lost, totally lost my thought. About, were you going to talk about, just, we've only just begun? Just about Paul Williams. Oh, gosh. Well, that's, I mean, the, just looking at his career, mm-hmm. the folks that he has worked with, like, you know, the Carpenters, Elvis, even that uh, Babs. music. Yeah. Evergreen. About, he's, uh, Evergreen. You know, mm. uh, the Rainbow Connection. The Rainbow Connection is, uh, wait, I have to find the exact language because it's like, of course, but it's in the, um, has recently been added to the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because of its cultural, historical, and aesthetic importance to the nation's recorded sound heritage. I mean, like, what? Like, the man has done so much. He's done so everything. And then one question that I really wanted to ask him was, like, what was it like to hear the, uh, the arrangement for You've Only, We've Only Just Begun? Um, because, you know, there's something about putting in there, but there's this great, uh, Jerry was showing it to me earlier. I'll send, try to send you a link yeah. somewhere like uh, on our Facebook about the, um, the production elements of how, of how that song was recorded. And it's like, it's not really Karen Carpenter playing the drums. It's this other guy. And then they threw in, like, there's an uncredited tambourine, just the way that they created that sound about, you know, layering on the the Carpenter's background vocals. They tripled it, so there were, like, six of them, you know, really singing the backgrounds, and uh, it's just mind-blowing. And, like, I would love to have known, like, what it must have been like to have heard that Mm -hmm. for the first time, you know? It's a special song that lives in uh, infamy. I mean, it's just a beautiful song. And to hear that it started as a bank commercial, and that bank commercial ended up getting scrapped eventually. uh, It it aired, and then they realized, these young people don't have money for this, and the bank canceled it, (laughs) So, from what I read. Well, there we go. Yeah. There we go. They don't have money to bank. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I was like, and I, I usually try not to get that emotional, you know, but it was like, re- those, those things are, are well, really his, real. Well, his thing. work has touched you in a special way, and that's a genuine oh. thing. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. And especially with, um, you know, when it does come to Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, it's, it really is. It's a sweet little story, and it's basically, it's like the gift of the measure. Gift of the measure, yeah. Uh, kind of kind of thing going on there but it was like for me it really resonated it uh you know having had a single being brought up by a a single single mom mom yeah when it was when it was going on and and it was the thing that was so great about his work and jim henson's work is that it acknowledges that it's okay to feel sad you know Mm -hmm. that you know that's it's a real emotion. To all of the works. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, and it's, you don't have to be happy all the time. There are moments where you, it's okay to feel sad and you will get out of it. It's an um, important message because we all yeah. go through that for many times in our in our lives, in our years, oh. in our months, you know, uh, whether yeah. it's grief yeah. or just personal sadness of something. But to have that kind of inspiration, especially when you're young and, and you know, Looking, having these kinds of songs and these examples in front of you, it, it's it, it's very uh, it, it's very empowering, I think, for people. And yeah. I, I, I'm going to blues cruise every year, as you know about. And one of the acts does Rainbow Connection when he's in the piano lounge. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, he and his one of his bandmates they sing it together, and it's absolutely beautiful. 
So, you know, they're yeah. out there rocking on stage one minute and the next minute they're singing Rainbow. So that tells Let's you how, it down. Yeah, that tells, shows you how it's touched people in so many ways. Yeah, Jerry and I watched it last night in preparation. Perfect. Oof. Yes. And it's really fun. You need to go. When was the last time you watched the Muppet movie? Never. <gasps> Never saw the Muppet movie. What? I was kind of, you know, in the rock and roll world at that point as a teenager. I know, in the rock and, and I, I wasn't know, looking I know, at the Muppet movie. I'd be admitting it. I don't you know, and so, yeah, it escaped me, but I know about it. All right, I am going to say, at some point, you need to watch it just because it's like, here's the thing. Uh, I hate it when they call movies children movies. I hate it when they call children's theater. It's like, it is theater, it is a movie. Uh, and this movie is like, there are some of the funniest performances by like Steve Martin, Carol Kane, um, uh, Chicago Steppenwolf's own Austin Pendleton is in it. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the names that go along with this movie. It's great. And they are, and they're, it's hilarious. It came out in 1979. So um, I was like traveling in Europe during that period and wasn't really watching that. But I, you know what? I always appreciated the Muppets, whether it was on Ed Sullivan, whether it was on, you know, Saturday Night Live or, you know, he was everywhere. And I had a a, a deep respect for Jim Henson and was so sad when he passed away at an early age. You know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was good, really a special it? man. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he lives on through his work, and he does. People can go, go see him at Outer Shank Bank Christmas. Yep, down at the Studebaker Studebaker mm-hmm. Theater. There you go. So, uh, Ellen, what are you going to be doing for Thanksgiving? For Thanksgiving, uh, I will be prepping on Wednesday. We're doing a friends. Uh, we're going to a friendsgiving that just kind of popped up. Sixteen people. At a, at a good friend's house, uh, and gonna go, I'm gonna make a pecan pie for that, and then I'm gonna make a pecan pie for my brother and his wife's, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, that they're, they're hosting on Thursday. I'm gonna make Spanikopita. I haven't tackled it in many years, but I went and bought all the filo and all that, so we'll be going to my brother and, uh, my brother Nick and his wife Mari's for Thanksgiving this year on Thursday. And I know you're gonna be making fried chicken. We're gonna make fried. We're gonna make fried chicken. That's gonna be our version of making lemonade. Uh, you know, yeah, lemonade. We're, we're gonna. Well, you know, we got through. We'll, we'll be through the worst of it. During COVID, we all had to have our own Thanksgivings, and you know, I think it was a lesson that you appreciate things that you don't. You know, you realize, wow, this is definitely interesting, just for two of us to be having Thanksgiving, and you'll be learning that lesson again. But um, oh yeah. It's, but, you know, it's again, we're, we're, we're going to look for the the, uh, the elegance of kindness, uh, and we're going to celebrate the fact that we are able to be together and that we are we do have socks to put on. Your socks. And, and you're generally healthy. Have, you're healthy other than the little COVID. We're generally healthy, and we have, uh, you know, food to put into our bellies. So, like, while we are saddened that we will not be in proximity with our friends and our family, we will know very darn well that our family friends are with us in our hearts yes they are and we'll be thinking about you (laughs) (laughs) i know and we get to try a new fried chicken recipe so there's There's sage in it Ooh, is it a buttermilk uh, is there any buttermilk brine or anything going on oh yeah oh yeah yeah, 100 percent. it's like a you've got to brine that sucker overnight and do all that good stuff so there'll be some brining the things and uh we will have some mashed potatoes maybe i'll make some stuffing i think i'm going to make a, a my cranberry pear cake today Ooh. because girl 
if I didn't have cooties, I would come and run and give that to you. Because that cranberry pear cake is good. You know I love sweets, so. Um, this could be your best Thanksgiving meal ever. You never know. <laughs> it could be. Silver might, lining. Will be. But anyway, uh, we want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving uh, this week. And I want to thank all of our guests today, Mallory Clock, uh, Beth Leakey, and, of course, one and only Paul Williams. Mm-hmm. Kevin, thank you so much for keeping things running uh, tightly. Paul, thank you for doing what you do. Ella Miller, thank you for just sitting in there, being being awesome and amazing. Very, very thankful, very grateful for you, uh, my cohort, for these past 10 years. And I am grateful for you, too, Scott. And I love your emotion because it's, it's truly thank you. You, and it's a beautiful thing. Oh, well, there we are. I am Ding Dong Adorable. Yes, you are. Uh, so there we are. <laughs> I need everybody out there to have a wonderful holiday. We will see you next week. And until next week, I'm Scott Duff. And stay proud. Bye.